Welcome to Depths of Creation, a podcast to explore your creative expression, emotions, and pleasure while you make art out of everyday life. I am your host, Rachel White, a creator, author, speaker, and your guide towards exploring and expressing the depth of your primal and sacred creative energy. Let's get into this episode. beautiful soul, sweet creator, whoever you are, if we have met before or this is the first time you're ever listening to me speak, hello, I really appreciate that you are here in this space and I'm so excited to dive into all the things that I want to talk about right now. I'm going to talk about textured identity and spacious and sensual success and this was actually two separate masterclasses that I was planning to run as part of the launch for my new program, Depth and Devotion. And I decided that I really wanted to fit these pieces in in together, to merge it all together, deliver it together. And I was originally going to run the Textured Identity Masterclass as a live on my Instagram. And the day that it was supposed to run, the two days before that were very full full on days for me. And I ended up feeling just like very drained. I ended up getting like a painful headache And it was just like a really clear sign from my body that it was like, okay, this is not the time to run this masterclass. And it just felt like I felt this little resistance, like it just felt a little off. And I can really tell with my body now when something's feeling, when I'm feeling resistance and I'm actually being invited to play with the energy and to explore and find the ickiness and and alchemize it compared to when it is actually best for me to go inwards, to retreat in and, and to relax. And I really, like I tuned in to the resistance and I knew that my body was telling me to rest and there was deeper wisdom in there as well with it saying that you know, this will actually be a more potent and powerful transmission if I recorded it as an audio. And that's why I decided to do it on my podcast. And with when I do masterclasses, whether I do them live on my Instagram or they're like a Zoom event or even trainings in my programs and stuff like that, a lot of the time I really love to write a lot of notes. And it's more just to like muse on my inspirations for whatever that masterclass is about and whatever the inspiration behind it is. And also, like, I feel like a lot of my channeled expression comes through my writing. And I do have a lot of channeled expression that comes, like, through my voice and just talking. But a lot of the time when I write it, it gives me a chance to kind of reflect back, look at the bigger picture add things in, move things around. And I, and I really love like that form of expression and, and having that art in place to then deliver with my voice and with my face. But also when I'm speaking is when I'm more like I go on tangents and I go on riffs and I, and I do that when I, even when I have notes as well. But when I'm doing audio recordings, I feel like it just gives so much more spaciousness for me to riff on things and for me to say things that are um, unexpected, like I didn't plan for in the beginning. And I want to talk about spacious success in here as well. So I thought it was very fitting. And also when I'm recording live things and it's like, face to camera. Sometimes I find that 
is a little draining to my energy, like in, in sometimes in a good way, because it feels really good to deliver, but I do need a lot of like recharging time after, because I find that often when I'm looking at my face on the screen or there's like a screen that I'm needing to look at a certain spot to look like I'm looking at you, um, it can be really distracting for me. And sometimes that distraction kind of, um, dilutes the potency in some ways in at some times um sometimes it's like I love looking at myself while I'm speaking to you and other times I feel like I just want to use my voice because I move around a lot like if you could see me right now you'd see like my body's moving my arms are moving my hands are moving my and I'm looking around in different places and like this is why all of my, like 99% of my coaching calls are audio only because I just feel so much more like freedom and spaciousness in the way that like I get to move and stuff that isn't distracting to the person I'm speaking to and they can just really listen to my voice and I can channel in the way that I need to. So that's the reason I'm doing this as an audio. If you saw me post it on my Instagram and you were excited to see my face, Thank you so much for your patience with me moving it around a couple of times. Um, And thank you so much for tuning back in to listening to it now. And, you know, this is a little reminder for you to really honor your own energy and really honor what container is the right thing to hold each of your transmissions. And it may look really different for every single thing you create. It may need a completely different container or different refinements to different containers to hold the energy of whatever transmission you want to deliver into the world and however you want to express yourself into the world and what will give it um, its most potency. So a little a little reminder for you. Okay, so let's let's get into talking about identity and textured identity and what that really means. And I'm going to talk about my new program Depth and Devotion a little at the end. It starts in less than a week on the 13th of December. It is like this coming Monday if you're listening in real time. If you're listening after the 13th of December 2021, still reach out to me if you feel called to this because um, you can sneak in late or it, it might be available as a self-led program when you reach out. Anyway, reach out to me. The The website link will be in the show notes where you can have a look anyway. A little bit, a very short introduction to me. If this is the first time you're ever listening to me, my name is Rachel White. You would have heard me say that if you listen to the introduction of the podcast, sometimes I fast forward through them. So I don't blame you at all if you did that. I am a coach, author, speaker, Gene Keys guide, and someone that just really loves the art of life and loves musing on life and playing with creative energy and cosmic energy. And I work with women to connect them back in with the full force of their creativity, with their pleasure, with their intuition, and, you know, just allowing them to amplify their creative energy so that they can move themselves back in alignment with the frequency that they want to be living in and in devotion to the life that they want to be living in as well. And I really love helping women, like being by their side while they are holding their creative energy to then birth their creations out into the world, to make art out of their life and to be of service. Like all women I work with want to be of service in some way, in a, in a really beautiful, generous and heartfelt way, usually through their business or through some kind of product or service um, that they're creating a lot of the time. Like I attract a lot of women that want to write books 
books or create programs or do coaching work. But, you know, we can be of service in so many different ways. We can be of service in how we interact with our family, in how we parent our children, in how we um, do business or how we live in the world. So it's not confined to just business, but I find a lot of really heart-centered women want to be in business because they want to create from their heart that births this new world in a higher frequency that we all get to live in. In my gene keys, I have a line one and three in my activation sequence. And if you're familiar with human design, I'm also my profile is like a one, three lines. And the third line is all about like change, diversity, adventure, learning through life. And that can really come with these shadows of frustration and impatience in like needing to try so, so, so many different things and having so many like quote unquote failures or bumps in the road or things that aren't working and like that impatience and frustration around like when is it going to work what fucking thing is going to be the right thing and I have definitely like had to face those shadows and crack new codes of patience um, and trust that I am on the right path and that all is in motion and then with the line one like line one is about investigating learning conceptualizing being able to dive really deeply into the detail And then also to see how all those little pieces of detail fit into the big picture. And I would say like that is definitely a skill of mine, being able to look at the big picture. I usually like to start with the big picture and then I can dive really deeply into the detail and see how it fits into the whole. And those just those two lines, like line one and line three, that's present like in my profile and really representative of the journey that I have been on. I have such a capacity to to simplify all of the depth that I have explored within myself and to deliver it in this really beautiful program of depth and and devotion. So depth and devotion is a nine-week program and it contains the gold that I have mined, the wisdom that I have cultivated from my own exploration throughout my whole life, but especially the last three years since really going all into my business, since leaving my professional career, leaving behind my old identity, my old beliefs and and conditioned beliefs around what it meant to be successful and that whole journey that took me on. And, you know, being in business, I think like there's there's two ways that we really fast track our own healing and our own exploration of our inner world. And that is through like being in business or through our relationships and usually like relationships, like intimate relationships, becoming a parent, like some kind of emotional relationship with someone or being in business are two ways to really just like throw yourself into this deep inner work because there are so many things that rise to the surface. And depending on like how we are designed and how we are programmed and how we've been conditioned as well can really influence these things that come up. And, you know, we are all conditioned. We are all programmed through our childhood, through our ancestral lines, through our, you know, genetic imprinting. And there's so many different things that we can move through. And all of this has such an influence on who we are and who we are being in this moment right now and our identity. And our identity, like your identity is something that can shift over time. And you also have your essence and who you really are at your core. And that essence of who you really are at your core is unchangeable it is like your 
your divine essence, like your beautiful, innocent, unimpeded nature. And that radiance that is at your core is like the pure light of who you are. That can't change. Like no one, no one can change who you are at your core, not even yourself. And what can happen is that around that core of who you are, these layers can form around it. And those layers can be like the conditioning, the fears, the stories, the anger, all these other emotions that get repressed and stored in your body. And even like that radiance that is at your core is always like emanating out. It's like the sun, like it's always shining out and the the radiancy and and the potency of that light can always be felt like there's always a sense that it is inside of you and when you start to diffuse and dismantle all these layers that are around it the shine outwards gets even stronger and your auric field becomes fully emanated with like the full potency of your radiance and within all those layers um, that are covering or impeding on your radiance and that essence of who you are at your core there is so much depth to be explored within that because the light of who you are is still touching to an extent all of those layers and all of those layers like have has wisdom and has gold about why you were able to be conditioned in the way that you were or why you do the things you do now or the the parts of your identity that aren't really aligned with your core radiance and that just need to be lit on fire and like the impurity of it burnt out of you and you act like you're core radiance can be expressed through lower frequencies and in the gene keys we have you know we have the shadow frequency the gift frequency and the city frequency and that's just three frequency bands of the same thing and when we think about like if we zoom this out to like an even bigger picture or an even smaller picture however you want to look at it it's like we are all fragments of the whole and if we think about like wholeness of like universal energy of light of source of god like however you want to look at the divine nature that we are it's like it's there was there was only wholeness there was only unity and there was only the void and then there was like the big bang and then suddenly there was you know these fragments of these different expressions and it's like the the microcosm holds the macrocosm and vice versa because there's these fractal lines that are from the same energy but expressed in these different ways and then from all of those like fractal lines and these fragments of different things that have been expressed from the whole there are different frequencies that they that can all be expressed at as well so the core of your radiance can hold these beautiful city nature like divine spiritual gifts and they can also be expressed in these like lower perverted frequencies um, to create these shadow patterns in your life as well and when those shadow patterns and go uncheck and it's like you just live out those shadow patterns for your whole life it can become part of who you think you are and therefore become part of your identity and when you really start to dive into your own depth and the layers of these depths you start to discover that there is always a gift within these shadows and that is one of the primary teachings within the jinkies that within every shadow there is a gift and the gift that is encoded and imprinted within your specific dna is different to 
to other people's and your experience of those shadow patterns along with your lived experience and your life experience will be different compared to different people even with those same jinkies and the same kind of upbringing or life experiences that you have had and therefore like the way you get to access your gift and embody and live your gift will be different and the way you get to integrate that within your identity will be different. So there are all these layers and all these textures to who we are and our identity is really about who we are being in the world and why we are this way. And it kind of comes back to this question of nature over nurture. And I remember like when I was in high school, in year 12, identity was like a topic that we explored um, like I, I always found it really interesting, like in English class to have to explore topics like this. I remember in year 11, it was like madness or I think it was love or madness or something, or like the connection between the two. And then in year 12, it was identity. So we looked at all these studies around nature over nurture. And I wish I could find the actual study to reference this. And, you know, my memory may, may be wrong, but I'll, but I remember this like since we explored it in year 12 and it was around, um, it was like this really like unethical experiment way back where they took a lot of sets of twins. I think it was like a hundred sets of twins. It was a lot of babies. And um, so that was like the the nature, like the genetics that these babies were born with. And for all these sets of twins, they put one of the babies in like a really like well-off, high socioeconomic, um, like quote unquote good families, um, high access to opportunity type of lifestyle. So they put half the babies in that kind of environment, um, in that kind of way to be nurtured. And then they took the other half of the babies, like the the twins to those babies, and they put them in like lower socioeconomic households, like lower access to opportunity, all of that kind of stuff. And they monitored all of these babies throughout their lifetime. And the results were inconclusive. Like they couldn't determine if it was nature or if it was nurture to what determined, um, what was like the main contributor to the person that these people turned out to be. Um, and, and, you know, we can probably look back on our life and think at times that, Like I can definitely look back at times when I was in school that uh, sometimes I felt like I've always been like a really good student. So I feel like it didn't matter necessarily what teacher I had. I was always going to find a way to learn what I needed to learn and to get the grades that I wanted to get. So it was just my nature. It wasn't the nurture of the teacher for most cases. I definitely had some amazing teachers, but for the most part, like they could not take credit for it. But there were other students that, you know, in different environments, they thrived so differently when they had the nurture of someone in particular. So it can be different for different people. And we can probably look back on our lives and realize that parts of us that are just part of our nature and some experiences where it really was the nurturing that we received and it really was the environment that we were in. And sometimes it's really hard to actually recognize it within ourselves because we don't know. We don't know what life would have been like if we had different parents, if we grew up in a different kind of situation, if we had access to different types of opportunities, or if we, you know, had the nature of a different person. And, you know, we can make these judgments by looking at other people, but ultimately, 
it's inconclusive like sometimes it's nature sometimes it's nurture but it isn't consistent for every single person in the world and you know I I remember this other example that so this was something this was a story that was told um I was in I remember I was at the Krishna village which was which is like an ashram in Australia like near Byron Bay and I was staying there for three weeks and we there was always like a um workshops and discussions and stuff like that and the like I again I can't reference where this came from but it was a story that they told there and they told the story of two two brothers so two brothers and their father was an alcoholic their mother wasn't around and one of the brothers went on to become like a very successful like high-paid lawyer and the other brother um turned out pretty much like his dad like alcoholic um had had all the kind of problems that his dad had and both the brothers were like questioned in like why do you think you turned out the way that you did and it was really interesting that both of them had the same response like the one that was a successful lawyer said well look at my dad like how could i how could i not turn out like this and the the brother that turned out to be an alcoholic like his dad said the exact same thing well look at my dad like how can I how could I not turn out like him like this um so we can see that like we can have the same experiences as people and internalize them in such different ways and make them part of our identity in such different ways so I just want to say like I just told like those two examples um and you know there's probably many more to say that our identity is so unique to us and we can see common threads with other people and there are so many different ways that we can be conditioned and there are so many things that are just like imprinted within our DNA that, you know, we are designed to interpret things in different ways, to digest lived experiences in different ways and to incorporate different parts of our identity in different ways. There are so many textures from our innate nature and from the nurture and the environment that we have grown up in. But these questions, when we start to explore the depth of our own identity, we can start to like ask these questions around like, who am I? Who am I at my core? Why am I the way that I am? Am I being all of me? Are there parts of me that I am holding back? Are there parts of me that I am ashamed of and that I hide, that I mask over? Are any of my gifts laying dormant because I don't feel safe to use them or because I don't value them, because I don't see them valued in the world? Am I the type of person that is actually capable of living the life that I really want to live? Am I... Do I have the identity of a person that can hold the success that I long for? Am I the type of person that initiates the action needed to be taken to have what I want, to feel the way I want to feel and to live the way that I want to live? And just playing with these types of prompts and questions in a really gentle and spacious way can give rise to this really beautiful self-awareness and self-inquiry around the little shifts we can make and the little things we can integrate and the little things we can let go of that will really shape our identity and shape the person that we are and the way that we are interacting with the world. You are a primal human 
and you are a divine soul. Like they are two fundamental pieces of your identity and your divineness can be expressed in an infinite amount of ways through your human body. And your primal nature as a human has some fundamental pieces, like you are wired for survival. But even that can be expressed in different ways in who you are being in the world and how you are going about that. You have a mind, you have a body, and you have a spirit. You are limited and you are limitless. And when we really start to look at all the textures and the colors, of our identity, we can see these contradicting pieces. And, you know, I ran the whole three-day event, Tapestry of Contradiction. If you miss that, send me a message. I can send you the replays. Um, And, you know, I talked about how usually when we explore these layers of depth within ourselves, we will uncover a lot about who we are as a person and a lot about our identity. And usually when we go from one layer to the next, like the last layer we move through will contradict the layer that we're in. And this can be a bit of a mindfuck to the ego and to the mind because, The mind doesn't want us to be wrong as a person. The mind doesn't want us to be wrong about the things that we think about ourselves. So it will fight to defend the identity that we have formed for ourselves. And if anything feels threatening to who we believe we are as a person, our ego will fight the fuck out of it and will just not be on board with with anything that, that threatens our sense of self. But... That's why sometimes it can be really hard to accept these like paradoxes that are just innately within us and these contradictions that can arise when we really dive into the depth. And that's why so many people in the world stay at this surface level um, idea of who they are because as soon as they start to explore the depth, they start to unearth these contradictions. And that's not a, a fun place for the mind to be unless we know how to hold space for ourselves in our own exploration and how to support our core sense of self. And, you know, if we don't have a foundation of safety in our core sense of self and feel like secure within who we are to a foundational level, then we will not want to be challenged and we will not want to explore the depth and when I say that I mean like subconsciously your body will fight you against it and sabotage the fuck out of you in any kind of exploration because it's it's threatening to the ego and when you explore new layers of depths within yourself you will face many ego depths where you need to let go of things that you thought were a part of your identity but were actually just part of stories and the deeper you go within your depth the more simple your identity will become and if I asked you the question right now like who are you and you know you can do this exercise like set a five minute timer and just write the prompt I am dot 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 and these things may come up that it's like I am Rachel White I am a coach I am an author I am someone that helps women with their creativity, blah, blah, blah. I'm a sister. I am a daughter. I am like so many different things you can say. And uh, like sometimes like a lot of what I just said is kind of like really surface level. And then we can go to these deeper layers that it's like, okay, who am I underneath all of that? Like underneath those labels and the things that I do. And, you know, we start to find these things that may sound contradictory to those surface um, I am statements. And then we go even deeper. And the deeper we get, the more simplified these statements become and the more contradictory they can be 
to the surface level statements and that doesn't mean that any are more true or less true it's just different layers of depth but when we get to the core depth when we get to the core of who we are and really feel grounded in the identity that we feel within ourselves when we get to that layer and those deeper levels we start expressing ourselves differently in the world because we feel a more secure grounding in who we know we are and we don't feel afraid to take action that is contradictory to these false illusion, um, like identity beliefs that we have about ourselves. You can be all things at once. Like you can be so many different things and you can integrate all of that as part of who you are. And you also don't need to um, let identity statements box you into things. I want you to think about these identity statements and labels that you take in with you to most interactions that you have with other people and it could be that like you are the space holder like you are the person that listens so intentionally and just holds space for everyone and anyone to come to you and listen to anything Or it could be that like you are the people pleaser, that you have to do everything other people ask of you, even when it's at the detriment to yourself. Or it could be that you're the leader, like you have to be the person that is taking charge, that is making the decisions. Or it could be you're like the the joker, you you are the one with the sense of humour, the one that makes the jokes. Or you are the one that is like the chaotic one always on adventures or always doing something completely like unexpected what are these kind of roles that you've fallen into that there's almost like this unspoken pressure that you feel like you always have to step into that role when you are with other people and it could be like you are the healer you are the professional you're you are the mother or whatever it is and you know there can be a lot of texture to these things because We, a lot of these things, especially if it is like this identity label and box that we can't relax from, it's like we feel this pressure to always have to be that way, that can be um, like a protection mechanism from wounding and we adopt that protection in order to feel valued, appreciated or needed in social settings. And it's like, oh, I love this, like that new... um, that new Disney movie that's coming out. This is like all over TikTok at the moment. It's like, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote um, the music for it. And it's like the one of, it's about a family and one of the sisters um, sings a song and one of the lines from the songs is like, who am I if I'm not of service? It goes something like that. And she's talking about like the pressure of being this sister that has to like carry the burden of the family and she doesn't know who she is if she's not of service and if she's not helping people. And sometimes like when we adopt these identity statements like that, it's like, I don't know who I am if I'm not helping people, if I'm not healing them, if I'm not being the leader, if I'm not being this joker that makes jokes, like I don't know who I am or how I fit in to this group or to society or anything like that. If you have like these strong attachments, then probably when you're alone and you have no one to interact with, you'll notice that you kind of feel this void that it's like you can't fulfill that for yourself because it's like you have to do it for others. But there can also be texture to this because sometimes those roles that we take on are our natural roles, but sometimes they can also be harmful to us if we can't really relax from them. So this is about like 
acknowledging our innate gifts and the way that we naturally are, like the the role we naturally take on within collective groups and within relationships, and also recognizing how our attachment to them can be really harmful to us and can be really draining to us and can be really detrimental to our sense of self when we don't know how to put those identity statements down or how to put those labels down in certain situations. And we can create this softness and this gentle energy around letting some of our identity go. And there can be things that we do, there can be things that we like, that we hold on to, but we we like unentangle them we disentangle them from our identity like it doesn't need to be a part of who we are and when we let go of that attachment it allows a more relaxed delivery of whatever that beautiful gift or skill that we have is so an example for me like this is just a little example is that for me around like being the leader or the teacher or the person that is like directing the flow of something or like the knowledgeable person, the person that people are looking to, to lead the conversation, the action or something in some way. That was like a real kind of like a label and identity that I have like attachment to in in a lot of ways. And it definitely like I can recognize the kind of like the wounding and conditioning from my past where that would be like the role I would take on when I got the most acceptance and appreciation and just even attention and and people listening to me. Like I have a lot of wounding around growing up not being listened to and I found a way to be listened to when I was the leader or the teacher. And like some like examples of how that really translated into like my business and the work I do when I like I have an example of when I was I was teaching a yoga class this was a a few years ago now I was teaching a yoga class and it was like a um the theme of the class was like feminine energy womb healing and one of the ladies that was like a regular she brought her I think it was like her mother-in-law or this um she had some kind of family connection to this other woman that she brought with her. And as soon as she, this new woman that I didn't know walked in, I started having like this, like, like such negative self-talk. And I was like, oh my God, like, does she know what the theme of this is? Like, does she know that we're going to be talking about like feminine energy? And like, I'm probably going to like say the word vagina in this class and like does she know that like is she okay with it and I just felt like so unsettled that I didn't know what her views about me were I didn't know if she was gonna like this type of class and like the whole time I was just like that whole class I was just thinking oh my god like she's hating this she's not liking it should I tone it back blah 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 I was projecting hard right and then at the end of the class she um like she didn't really say much but I was like oh how'd you find it and she was like yeah it was good and I was still thinking oh my god she fucking hated it but then you know she ended up coming to so many of my classes and she even like recommended me to people brought people to my classes like she showed she loved it like through her actions but I had such like an identity crisis in that moment because it was like I had this need to be like the teacher, the expert, the person that, you know, people were really loving learning from. And when I thought there was someone in my class that was not loving learning from me, it was like identity crisis. And we can, when, when 
we have that attachment to these labels that we need to hold to think that we are valued in that way, it creates these like mini identity crises whenever that is challenged. And so like, I definitely did a lot of work around that. And like, I had so many examples like that where it was really proven to me that if someone's coming to my class, it means they're enjoying it. And if they're not, that's okay. And when we can let that go and relax it, it allows a more relaxed delivery of whatever we are delivering, whether it's a conversation or we are actually, um, like in business and we are actually delivering a service or something to some kind of person. And the more relaxed our delivery is, the more potent that transmission can be. And that was definitely the case, definitely the case for me within like my, my yoga classes were so much more potent and powerful when I was relaxed, whenever I was questioning my worth or my ability or the perception of my ability as being the teacher, then, you know, I still, like, there. even though there was so much, like, inner chatter, like, I still delivered a class and people still told me they liked it and enjoyed it, but it was the energy for me felt off and icky. And I know that the transmission was always so much better when I was more relaxed. And so sometimes, like, we can, we sometimes for these, layers of labels that we adopt we get so much positive reinforcement and we get so much recognition from them that it creates this feedback loop that it's like I need to keep being this way even though we feel like we're dying on the inside and that there is so much like inner chaos happening externally people think that we're doing such an amazing job that we just want to keep doing that for them we just want to keep being the leader the space holder the joker whatever whatever the label is that we have adopted and I want you to forget about like what is the experience externally and what is the experience internally for you and there is so much wounding that creates this pressure and this heaviness around needing to emanate and and from the embodiment of of some kind of label and you know only feeling appreciated or valued or accepted or loved or or worth anything or valuable when you are when you are like in in that label and and the thing is that whatever that label is it is likely something that you are very natural at and it's not you taking on that position within any group that is causing this inner chaos it is the the inner chaos that is happening from your attachment to it and when i think about like my my attachment to needing to be the leader or needing to be the teacher like in my jinkies my purpose is the gift of leadership I am very, I very naturally take leadership and like being the teacher in a lot of situations, but it is in like a relaxed delivery that it is so much more potent and powerful because I'm relaxed, grounded and confident in my transmission and in my delivery. And whenever that part of my identity is challenged, like I always know because, you know, that negative self-talk immediately comes up and that is just an invitation to relax further. But if in the moments where I can't relax, and this was 
like it definitely still happens at times but used to always happen when I was like teaching something it would just be so stressful and it would be so heavy and there would be so much pressure around it but in the like relaxing and softening that attachment we get to still experience these beautiful gifts that we have but in a relaxed way that carries the like the beautiful texture of like softness and and just nurturing energy to whatever it is that we are delivering. So it's not the position or the actions themselves, it's the attachment within our inner world when we are experiencing and finding our place. So I want to encourage you, like if you have these labels, like if you feel like you always have to be the like you're in when you're with your friends like you're always the one listening to other people's advice and you're like always the advisor or the coach or the the um expert or you're always like the comedic relief person or you're always the healer like whatever you feel like the label is for you I want you to just play with putting it down I want you to go into a situation and put it down and really see who you are and how you experience the world as who you are when that label has been put down and that can feel so confronting like the ego can definitely like have a little like nervous energy around that it can definitely be so confronting to even think about that because the mind can immediately spiral into these questions of like who am I if I'm not that who am I and that's the fun part because that's what you get to discover who you are without those labels that you've been attaching to and that you've been attaching your self-worth to and your value as a human being to and your value in specific relationships to and this can also really come into play with this like spiritual ego and this like superiority that can come from being a natural leader or being a natural healer or being a natural in any area and especially when we go down a spiritual path like to think that we have to be the one to deliver this because no one can do it as good as me no one is better than me at listening to people so I have to be the one to listen no one is as good as me as leading this group in talking about this topic so I have to be the one to do it like this is really like this where the spiritual ego comes into play and if we can create some softness around that we can again like go deeper into our depth of discovering like who we really are without any labels and without placing ourselves above or below anyone else. There can be power in labels because sometimes the language of labels gives us ownership of certain aspects of our identity and this is a different texture as well and some labels can give ownership and some labels can feel really constricting and we get to choose what parts of us we integrate into being a part of our core identity for some people their sex their sexuality is a core piece of who they are and for some their sexuality is a part of their identity that gets imposed onto them like it's more important to other people than it is to them for some people their professional title is a core piece of their identity like that's how they describe who they are for some people it's their role in society and it can be so many different 
so many different elements. Like think about the first things that come to your mind when you would describe who you are to yourself and to other people. And that can highlight some things to you, whether it's something that you feel has been like imposed to your core identity or if it's something that you actually really like to integrate into the core of who you are and your core identity. And, you know, we're almost we're like almost expected to have these kind of labels to be able to like to be able to quickly identify ourselves to other people when we meet someone new like one of the first questions that a lot of people ask is like what do you do what's your name and what do you do and it's almost like what do you do is meant to be part of our core identity and sometimes it definitely can be um it can be a very important part of our identity and sometimes there are like these deeper aspects because like this is part of like the gene keys as well in the gene keys we have our life's work sphere like it's the first sphere within the activation sequence and that is the gift like the shadow the gift in the city of what we are here to do and that is like our it's part of our identity, but it doesn't it doesn't always need to be integrated to our core identity. It's about how we interact with the external world, what we're here to do, the qualities we're meant to infuse into what we do in the world. And then we have our purpose sphere, which is about who am I here to be? Who am I when I am simply existing as part of the cosmic whole and, and the cosmic story? And so when someone asks you, what do you do, you know, and and you can answer that in different ways, depending on the vibe, depending on the situation you're in. But what is your answer? Like, and what, what would you answer the question if someone says like, hi, like, who are you? Or tell me about yourself. Think about like the core pieces of your identity and the different textures and the different layers of how you would answer that question to yourself to people that you love and and to strangers there can be many textures and there can be many layers and your mind can really try to put you into this tight box other people can even try to put you into this tight box tight box but you really get to play with your identity and you get to play with who are you and you get to make it textured and you get to make it colorful and you get to make it contradictory and include whatever you desire to include your identity is for you to decide because your identity is about who you are and how you interact with the world and that that is ultimately your decisions to make and you know we can adopt language and and the gene keys is a really beautiful framework to give us a language around our innate wisdom our innate gifts but a lot of wisdom that is at like the core of the depth of who we are is really beyond language and can only be experienced. And we can describe these parts of identity with feelings or we can just feel them. We don't have to intellectualize every part of our identity. We can just be who we are. And just being who we are is enough. Being who you are is enough. You can simply exist. So who are you existing as when you are not doing anything? And within the gene keys, the lines in a lot of the different spheres show us how we are designed to live within the collective, like how we're designed to be within the collective. And we can even see from that that there are so many different types of expressions in how different people are designed to live to fuel the whole, like, cosmos and the whole world and and the way that society and, and culture interacts with each other 
So I want you to really sit with the questions of like who you are, what is your identity and your identity influences how you live in the world and how you experience success. For me, I used to really believe that success was in my external recognition and achievements and it was really driven by this underlying deep-seated fear that I was running out of time to prove myself. I was running out of time. I needed to do as much as possible, as quickly as possible. And since I've discovered the gene keys, this is actually like a deep part of my shadow work is around this fear of death and this fear of running out of time and this fear of inadequacy. It's like in my 48th, I have the 48th gene key present in my profile and it's like that's one of the, the, the first line of it is this is one of the darkest places in human um, genetics, the deep fear of inadequacy. And that combined with another shadow I have of like the fear of death created like this, like these really deep fears. And that fear and those shadow patterns were really fueling my definition of success and the way that I was trying to experience success, which was like doing things quickly, achieving things that were easy for me to achieve and to get as much recognition as possible. And now like my experience of success is so different and the experience of success that I want to invite you into play with is success that is spacious and sensual. It's not about like the quick fix, the quick adrenaline rush. It's like the slow burn romance with life that can only be experienced through our devotion to who we are, to our experience of life, to our art and to our service. And through that like slow burn devotion and wanting to experience success in a way that is spacious and sensual, we get to experience prosperity in a completely different way to the accumulation of wealth that comes with sacrifice and suffering we get to experience we get to experience prosperity through simplicity and prosperity is simple when we are living in sync with nature and we are living naturally in sync with nature when we are in devotion to what is most important to us at our core because we are innately in, in sync with nature. And when we are in sync with nature and with simplified prosperity, things unfold in a way that we could never plan or predict. And it, you know, it's about being at the right place, in the right place, at the right time. It's about taking our place in nature, like that, knowing that we are simply here to exist. And, you know, just like some examples that have come up is that, you know, I I was really reflecting on some of the amazing women that I'm working with right now and who are paying me, um, like that I get to do what I do for work because these women are like paying me to be in my world and to receive my offerings. And I was just kind of reflecting on how each of these women came to be in my world and came to be in my life. And, you know, one example was that I was introduced to someone because we grew up in the same town, but we we never interacted growing up. We were kind of like, um, they were like a friend of a friend of a friend. And then we kind of connected on the internet and then they were really close with someone. Um, so we connected because we had like a mutual online friend and then, um, And then like they posted one thing and then we had a conversation around one thing and we built this relationship. And then 
um, someone that they knew randomly connected with me and then that person connected with someone that happened to live in my hometown that connected with someone that ended up being like a client that worked with me a lot. And it was just really interesting to like trace back all of these things. And even though like I've put a lot of transmissions out there, like I've shared myself, like I could never plan for these connections to happen the exact way they have. And I could never plan for the women I'm working with to have the experiences they needed to, to get to the point of being ready to work with me. It just unfolded naturally and exactly as it should, because I took my place in nature. And, you know, we, we are here to contribute to evolution and we're just, a little piece in the story as well. Both can be true. We can trust in divine timing and we can take action to play our role in the story of the cosmos. And we can really ask ourselves these questions of like, what does it really mean for me to be successful in my life? And for me, my definition of success now is so different to what it was even a year ago, but especially like three, four, five years ago, my views on success is so, so different. And what what success means for me now, like at a, like in two words, it's like, like spacious and sensual. It's like a full experience of life. And sensuality is about feeling, like being in our body, um, you know, experiencing things through all of our senses. And, and that's how we are human, through our experience of senses. So... And spaciousness, like having gentle, soft spaciousness is so important for me. And we can get more detailed in like, what does success feel like and look like for me? And for me, it's like success is being able to have beautiful, fresh flowers in my home, being able to buy the most like beautiful gifts for someone just because I was thinking of how much I love and appreciate them. Success is, you know, like having the freedom to travel where I want to. Success is doing work that I love that energizes me. Success is, you know, being so deeply in tune with my body that I listen to the cues and all of my intuition. And like, there are so many different things that really comes back to like being in devotion to the type of life that I want to live. So I really invite you to reflect on how you want to experience success and if your identity is supporting that and vice versa and if you are really allowing all of these different textures you have within your own identity to be within the the whole journey and the story of who you are. So these threads of conversation will be very deeply explored within yourself inside of depth and devotion. So I want to spend just a couple of minutes talking about depth and devotion. It is a nine-week journey through the depth of your being. It is, um, so we go through three different pillars and we spend three weeks on each. Identity and, bo- and embodiment is the first. And we go really deep into this identity work, into embodiment work, into pleasure, into some of your gene keys as well. And then once you're really connected to your core radiance and you've cleared away all of these things that have really been distorting the potency of who you are, then we move into the next pillar, which is about expressing from your core. And this is where you really like hone your craft, connect to your soul audience, 
refine your message, communicate, express yourself, um, you know, create these containers that can hold your transmission and expression. So much juice within that expression pillar. And then we move into the final three weeks, which is, is about devotion and prosperity, devotion to your impact, the art of your life, your service, and all of that really naturally aligns you with prosperity, but there is still some inner work that we do in there. So this whole nine weeks is really focused around like mindset embodiment all these layers of depth that are within you for you to then express outwards it's about doing the inner work that is so important to creating and being in service in a way that is delivering your creations out into the world so I would love for you to join if you feel called towards this experience the program begins on the 13th of December The investment is 888 Australian dollars and I have made a three month and a six month payment plan. I want to make this so accessible for you to join now because I don't think I will run this again live in the way that I'm running it. Like if I run it again, all the training, so the nine training modules will be pre-recorded that I am going to record in this live version. So being there live to receive the live transmission, I think will be so potent and so powerful. And if I do offer it again in a different way, the investment will likely be higher. So this is just an amazing opportunity for you to join now with that six month payment plan, if you need it. And then there is also an intimacy upgrade. So The program $888 is for the group program that comes with like the nine um, training calls. It also has seven long guided meditations, really deep, beautiful inner journeys, playbook, prompts, group support, all of that stuff. And then in the intimacy upgrade, you get one-on-one support. So you get three one-on-one calls with me where it is open to dive deeper into the things we go through in the group calls, but also any single thing that you want to bring forward. Those one-on-one calls are just like a private space for you. And an extra one-on-one session with me to do a Gene Keys profile session where we'll dive really deeply into your personal genetic imprint and the the map that you get for within your Gene Keys profile and what it all means. Plus you get After the program finishes, you get one week of unlimited Voxer support with me. So you could voice message me all day for a week straight. And I love chatting in voice messages on Voxer. Um, So like after the program, while you're fully integrating and digesting everything even further, you get that one week of like full um, my undivided attention voice messaging from me, which will be really fun. So if you want that one-on-one support and that like extra attention, the intimacy upgrade will be amazing for you. The investment for that option is 1,777. And again, there is a three month and a six month payment plan. If you are feeling cold to this, go to the link in the show notes and sign up through my website. You will love this so much. And if you want to have a chat with me, you can message me on Instagram at by Rachel White. I would love to have a conversation with you. I would love to receive your message that is like, I'm in, send me the payment link. I would be so excited to welcome you into this program. It is going to be such a juicy and delicious and amazing experience, but it's also going to be such a 
beautiful deep dive within to yourself and feel so soothing and stretching at the same time, just in the most juicy and delicious way. And the last thing I want to say is that I know that I'm running this kind of like over the Christmas holiday, New Year period. And I think it is such a perfect time to commit to something like this. And I know that it can seem like like it's so easy for the mind to come up with excuses like it's too busy this time of year, blah, 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 blah. Um, but don't postpone and don't put off something that you're really desiring just because like the mind has these stories that it will be too busy. Because something I've really incorporated into this program is spaciousness. And we will have a weekly call. The time of the weekly calls will be 10.30 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time, same time zone as Melbourne and Sydney and there will be replays as well if you can't make it live to all the calls but they're just there's going to be one weekly call and in most weeks there'll be an extra meditation so it's a couple hours a week at most and the rest is for you to integrate into your daily life so there is that spaciousness that comes into play and it is going to be such an amazing experience to go through the new year and to have my support and guidance through anything that comes up for you in the new year. And usually our relationships have a lot of um, a lot of moments where it's important for us to go into our own depth. And sometimes like, you know, being around family and like having these experience on is such a beautiful time to have support so I really encourage you to join to be to be part of the group to be part of the live experience and to explore your own depth and to really express out through the depth of your inner calling so thank you so much for being here I hope you have enjoyed have an amazing and a beautiful day Thank you so much for listening. Connect with me at by Rachel Wyatt to continue this conversation. I would always love to hear from you. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot and tag me in your stories or leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for being here. Have a wonderful day.